0: You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Good morning, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have another announcement this morning before we welcome Andy up here to to the pulpit to speak. After much prayer and discussion with me and the board including John Mark and Stuart and Andy and Amy all of us couldn't get beyond a lack of peace with the direction we had all been committed to in uh leading the church and so Andy and Amy are going to pursue the current passion for ministry that has been long present in Andy's heart actually this time last year, I had probably hit the low point of the 30-plus years I've been in ministry. And Andy and Amy agreed to step in and really serve here. And the intent was for them them to continue and us just to continue to go forward. But over the weeks and months, we've just um, sort of hit a place where we don't have the kind of peace that we've all needed to continue this process. And um, the thing about Andy is he's got this writing gift that really has made a new way for him. He's published a book last year that opened so many new doors for him, and he's felt the pull into these new opportunities of writing and music, and some of the things Andy is communicating is remarkable. it really is. so his writing, his speaking, and songwriting have generated uh, an amazing amount of interest from many different places, and his influence continues to grow, and over the months he 's had to turn down a lot of invitation and opportunities while serving here at the church that all of us believe he should be pursuing. So Andy's going to remain on our staff um, through the month of June, and then he's going to go full-time at making his living on his writing and speaking and with his music. And... Our church is fully committed to Andy and Amy really financially to help them make this this transition. So we've we love the squires. They have brought so much to us. This has just been one of those things where it's been hard for us, although we were fully committed to really discern how this thing ought to work. So God bless Sandy, God bless Amy and the Squires. As far as his responsibilities here, we're going to continue to develop which he has done a really good job of our our small groups, our worship teams, the children's ministry, the young adults. And we want to give some of you an opportunity to share here in the congregation to speak as well. But we're going to talk more about our vision and our plans moving forward in the coming weeks. But we are certainly grateful for Andy and Amy. And do you got anything you'd like to say? I think uh,
1: as Robin alluded to about a year ago when uh, we were at that crossroads with the church and we were all kind of feeling like, man, it'd be awesome if Andy and Amy took the church. And I just, I want to thank you guys for really considering it for a year. We we all really tried to, we we prayed so much, we talked so much, we wrestled through it, we tried over the last year. To seek the Lord, like, okay, is this what's best for everybody? And I would say over the last month or so, last couple of weeks, it sort of just came into view. It was like, you know, I think, I think they've got to do a different direction. And it's, it's really hard for me, um, as friends of you guys. And, uh, you know, what, what you guys have done over the last seven years, seven years, right? Is, I mean, I, we can't even begin to, say thank you. And it's not their last Sunday here on staff, um, but it is pretty awesome to watch all the doors that have opened for Andy and Amy. Um, I'm sure you guys have really not a whole lot of clue about some of the crazy, crazy doors that have opened over the last year or two. Um, some of the stories that I've been sworn to secrecy about that are kind of like mind blowing um, that are all part of that wrestling. Um, ch- is, is this taking on the church, the future? Is it stepping out in faith, going this direction to speak into culture? Um, and it seems like the Lord has spoken. And, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're sad, but we're excited too. So this is not the last Sunday. We're going to have a better, proper closure for the squire's family, um, on staff. But yeah, we love you guys. If we just, I don't know. Clap for Andy and Amy and the Squires family. We love you guys.
2: I bet you didn't expect that this, this morning, did you? <clears throat> Uh, last couple of days we we met on Thursday with John Mark and robin and uh and Stuart and I just I want you all to know uh, that we saved our very best meeting ever for the last meeting ever, so it was beautiful it was perfect it was um, you know I hear so many stories being in church work for as long as I have. Uh, and maybe if you've been around the church long enough, you've you've been uh, around kind of tragic defeats and and disasters of breakups and churches and moral failings and all kinds of things. This this actually isn't any of that. Um, this is uh, this is this is a really beautiful moment, but it's it's equally hard. It's hard because. Uh, um, we landed here in October or November of 2015. So we're coming up on seven years this year and, um, uh, you know, our, our hearts are here, our hearts are here we, and we love you guys so much. And, and so Thursday after we met, uh, <clears throat> we have had some meetings where, um, the volume level got a little bit higher than, than normal, you know, but Thursday was a very calm meeting and, and, um, Amy, it it was like, this is how I can describe it to you. Um, one moment there was a lack of grace and peace. And then there was a room filled with grace and peace. Once we all kind of ascertained together that the right move to make was for us to jump out of the boat of Queen City. You know, a boat is like, it gives you shelter, it gives you some stability, it gives you a way forward into the world, but out onto the waters of the next chapter of our life. And so, of course, there's uh, some nervousness associated with that. But I have to tell you in all honesty, um, my heart is kind of exploding with excitement right now. Yeah, I I feel, um, you know, as they mentioned, over the last year, Amy and I have taken on a lot of the pastoral duties here. And because of that, I've had to say no to a lot of um, opportunities. And I, and I was glad to do it. Uh, but it, it's like... Who, who Amy and I are as people um, and what we're carrying, for some reason, there's a draw on us into the greater church culture and, and to the culture at large. And for some reason, there's a way that I communicate that has um, just made a way for us into speaking into places that, frankly, I shouldn't be at at all. And I can only attribute that to the plan of the Lord. Um, I, I think I may have mentioned this a couple weekends ago when I was preaching, but uh, about a month ago, I got this strange invitation to to preach at this conference up in Manhattan. And, and almost every other person in the pulpit had a PhD from Cambridge or Princeton or Yale. I barely graduated from high school. I had to go to summer school after my senior year of high school to complete my, you know, my twelfth grade year. You know, so um, I'm I'm turning 49 this this August, and uh, you know, it's I don't I don't understand timing at all. I feel like I should be doing right now what i 'm about to do. I, sh- I feel like I should have been doing this when I was twenty nine but man if you 'd have known me when I was twenty nine just I was a knucklehead man I mean just like don 't put a mic in that guy 's hand for sure you know but uh, this was really fascinating uh, Amy and i uh, we were we were at a church just north of Charlotte for the better part of our adult lives. It, we would consider it maybe our spiritual home still. And we were there from 1999 to May of, of 2012. And Thursday after we had completed our meeting, I went home and Amy and I are kind of just walking around the house. How you doing? How you doing? You doing okay? You going to make it? You know, are you hyperventilating yet? You know? And uh, we, we were good, but I opened my Facebook and my Facebook memories popped up and it was crazy. I, I don't know why this meant something, but it just meant something to me. On that exact day, 10 years previous, I had officially resigned from my position at River Life. I had left my homeland 10 years ago. And I would tell you this, for 10 years... For 10 solid years, Amy and I have been on a quest. We have, we have really been on a quest for what we were really supposed to be doing with our lives. And, and so this, this ending of our time on staff at Queen City is, is going to be hard. It's going to be tough, but it, it's, I, I sense the wind of the Holy Spirit on it in a major way. I sense the glory of God on it. And um, we'll be around for the next month. And Robin and Donna and Amy and myself, we're not ducking, we're not hiding. If you wanna ask us hard questions, we will answer any hard questions you have about the process. If you know me at all, I'm an open book. I don't keep much to myself. Um, So we'll, we'll answer any questions that you have. But um, are y'all doing okay? Everybody okay? All right. Yeah. Well, you know, this is the thing about life is, it, life is bittersweet. Do you know that life is bittersweet? It's um, it's strange because we have this thing inside of us where we feel like it should be one way, but. The reality that we're living in doesn't quite match up to the way we feel like it needs to be, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? So, and you know, I was, I was writing notes down for, for my message this Sunday. I was just thinking about, it's crazy how much that we hope for just doesn't work out. I thought, I thought that in my life, that life was about having my dreams come true and things working out the way that I hoped that they would. I'm almost 50 years old and my honest testimony <clears throat> is that my life has mostly been defined by things not working out the way that I thought that they would. Anybody else share that testimony? Like, it's kind of crazy. It's like, for some reason, I got a notion early on that if I planned just right, if I came up with the right plan, and I was wise enough that everything would work out exactly the way I hoped it would be or hoped for. But half a century later, most of my life has been defined by things not working out the way that I thought that they would. But here's the thing. If you're in the care of Jesus, even when things don't work out for you, things are still working out for you. Isn't that so good? Even when your life is not working out the way that you thought it would... Jesus is still working things out for your good. This is like a Christian distinctive. This is one of the things that defines us as Jesus followers. Romans 8, you know it. And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Who are called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So I really believe this, y'all. The thing is, I don't just believe this, I feel it. I feel this within myself. I feel the reality of God working all things together for my good. I feel that thing on the inside of me. And this is why I have never been able to leave the Lord. I've had a lot of friends who've left the Lord over the years, but I mean, no judgment against them. I have never been able to bring myself to that place where I could leave the Lord because I have always known that no matter what is happening in the world, the reality of God's glory exceeds the many dangers, toils and snares that we walk through as human beings. And part of dangers, toils, and snares is things not working out the way we had planned that they would. The thing is this. You have to trust God when your life doesn't make sense. Because your life not making sense will be the largest percentage of your life. You don't just get to trust him when things are going well. So my testimony this morning is this, y'all. God is faithful. God is faithful. But the question we might ask is, if God is faithful, what does faithfulness look like? What does God's faithfulness look like? If most of our lives are defined by things not working out the way that we thought they would, what is God being faithful to? Does God's faithfulness look like me living my best life all of the time? Does, does it look like all my dreams coming true and everything working out the way that I plan? Does God's faithfulness look like my every prayer being answered? If these are the definitions of God's faithfulness, then we might say that he is considered not faithful. And many people have walked away from God because he was not faithful the way that they thought he should be. But I maintain that God is faithful, he is good, And he is better than anything we could imagine or think. So what exactly is God being faithful to? Well, we see it in Romans 8. God is faithful to the main project that he has always been working on, which is that he is faithfully conforming us into his image. He is making you and I to look like him, to think like him to act like him in the world now this is an interesting premise especially as i feel like to a major degree my life has been one failed experiment after another is, it, is there is there any small business owners in here this morning some small any small business owners how many of you had uh, attempts at your business that failed before you got to the one that actually made it? Any of you? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I heard one time that most millionaires, before they make their million, they go bankrupt a couple times. There's, that's, there's something powerful about that. But if our life is has been You can be described as one failed experiment after another. How can God be faithful? Why does God use failure and unanswered hopes to work together for our good? Well, the truth is, we don't actually really have an answer as to why. But maybe it's because the world is fallen. It's full of brokenness. And since that is the available material, then that is what God is using. Any God, any old God can make something out of successful, powerful people. It takes God to make something beautiful out of something that doesn't stand a chance. This, this week in particular, man, the last two or three weeks in our nation have been dire, extremely difficult I mean, from the Buffalo shootings and now this week to the, the shootings in Texas and 19 kids being slaughtered by an AR-15. I mean, just so much sadness. And then all of the, the scandal that's broken out in the Southern Baptist Convention is just, it's just heart-wrenching. I know some of you have just had you know, personal connection to some of those events and it's been heart-wrenching. And sadness really has overtaken us. And it is a time to grieve and it is a time to weep with those who weep. And it is a time to make things actually better for people. To bring the abstract blessings of the kingdom of God into reality. But as followers of Jesus, we can weep. And we can be full of hope at the exact same time. Even in this moment, in this hard moment for this church in particular, in this moment of transition, in this moment of where it feels like a little bit uneasy, like a lack of foundation maybe, we don't have to be afraid Because God is making all of these things work together for our good. Even when from the outside, it looks like we don't stand a chance. This is actually a Christian superpower. To be able to carry sorrow and joy at the exact same time. That's what y'all are built out of. That's what y'all are made for is to be able to carry the sorrow of the world and to overcome that sorrow with the joy that dwells on the inside of you. To shy away from the sorrow of this present reality, but to carry into this reality the fullness of Christ, which dwells on the inside of every man, woman, and child who love God. You know, as I said Amy and I met with the board on, on Thursday and, um, I mean, I was already on the schedule to speak and, you know, I kind of had to adjust my message a little bit just for the moment. And, um, you know, when you, when you go into, uh, It's like when you go from things, the status quo, things being normal, things being the way that they always have been. And you you head just directly into the brand new, the brand new reality. It takes you a minute, doesn't it? To like calibrate, to figure things out, to catch your breath. You know, Um, you know, and I, I have to tell you, this is the board of Queen City has majorly honored us and taken care of us and made sure that we were okay. And, and, and nevertheless, because, because we're in a brand new reality, we have been reeling just a tad. And um, it's, sometimes it's hard to get your bearings. And so I just got my iPhone and I, I went looking for worship music and the truth is, I hate worship music, and I have a hard time finding worship music that I can stand, um, but maybe I was just a little tender that day, a little more tender than normal, and my guard was down, and I ran across Brian and Katie Torwalt's new record, man, you should go listen to it, front to back, it just, just it. I was driving in my car, just crying all, over every song, but... But I got to the song that they sing. It's called "Sound Mind," and it's basically, they've taken that scripture out of Second Timothy. You know it so well. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a sound mind." And I just started crying out to the Lord, Lord. I know, I know that you're in this for us. I know that you're in this for my family. I know that you're in this for my family at Queen City Church. Lord, I'm crying out to you. Just give us a sound mind. Give us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And I just, I I really did feel the Holy Spirit just begin to minister that to me. Let me just read that text to you, 2 Timothy 1, 6-7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. If you're on Twitter, you know that in the world it is hard to find a sound mind. If you, if you watch the news on a regular basis, you know that a sound mind is hard to find. Um, my friend Paul Antleitner he said this thing this week that I thought was so brilliant. He said, in times of of, of stress, in times of when, when people are hurting, here's what happens. They 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 typically react out of their frontal cortex. That is where your fight or flight instinct resides. And you see all of these people reacting to the news of the world in their fight or flight mode. I mean, people are just, there, there is an epidemic of rage and outrage that is consuming people. And the thing about rage and outrage is that it will chew you up and it will spit you out and it will ruin your life if you give yourself to it. But God has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Do you know what a sound mind is? It is one that refuses to react using the fight or flight method. That's actually how you know you're growing in the Lord is that you don't react As people who are walking according to the ways of this world. You know, it says in the Bible, be in the world, not of the world. So that scripture alone does away with our flight side of that. We're not called to deny what's happening in the world and to escape from it. We're actually called to carry a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind directly into the center of it. And when we do that, when we walk with our sound mind, the thing that will come after us is, oh, oh, here's how to for you to appropriately engage with the world is to become enraged with the rage of the world. That is an invitation from the enemy to destroy you and to rob you of your sound mind. Cause I promise you this, hard, hard times are not gonna stop next week. I don't care what public policies are passed. Hey man, I'm for, I'm for people wearing seatbelts. I'm for laws that tell people they can't go over 70 miles an hour. I think all of that stuff is for our good. And there's probably some public policy that needs to be done about these other issues. But I promise you, those things will not solve the human condition. But you carrying a spirit of wisdom and grace and of power, and of love, and a sound mind into this world can actually actuate change among the people that you live among. And it's a different spirit when you walk into a a mob that is enraged in one direction, and you, you become a peacemaker. Sometimes you might have to resist something that's not true. You know, walking with Jesus doesn't mean that you just acquiesce to every lie that's, that's coming down the pipeline. Christian faithfulness is not acquiescence to whatever culture is telling you. There will be times when you will lose a part of your life because you've just to quietly resisted the status quo of culture. But it's never a call into outrage to the degree that you lose your tenderness and your humility and your grace and your peace. So whether it's change that's going on out in the world or whether it's change going on in your particular family or whether it's change going on in this church family right now, there's no better place to be Than trusting the Lord with your life. Asking Him for a sound mind, the mind of Christ, to live and reside on the inside of you. I mean, isn't that so good? That's such good news, y'all. That we, it's not that we won't be unaffected, we will be affected by the news that comes to us, and we should be. We should. We should have a heart for the things that are going on in this world. But how we respond to those things is, that's what matters. Amen? I think that's all I got. Do any, any of you guys have anything or do you want me to just close this up? Well, let, let's, let's stand up. Let's stand up together.
0: you want to say something? That was a great word, wasn't it? Why don't we thank the Lord for a minute and then we'll pray. Let's just, Lord, thank you so much for your steadfast love. When I think of that verse, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. The old song goes, they're new every morning, they're new every morning. And then the psalmist just cries out, Great is your faithfulness. Let's say that together. Great. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Great is your faithfulness. So I'm just gonna ask Andy to close with prayer here. Thank you. Yeah. Oh Jesus, we love you so much.
2: Lord, I pray for every heart right now that might be reeling. Holy Spirit, bring your tenderness. Holy Spirit, bring your power. Holy Spirit, bring your love that people can feel. Holy Spirit, bring your grace that people can feel. Holy Spirit, I just ask you for encounters for us all this week, even now as we go. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would, that you would overtake us. That you would overtake us with your goodness and mercy this week, Lord. Overtake us with your goodness and mercy this week so that we can be vessels, carriers of your presence everywhere we go. In your name we all pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all are dismissed.
0: You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.